Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. Hey, this morning um, I want to just talk to you around the subject of relationships. And I want to talk to you about the people that you have in your life. Maybe more accurately, um, I want to talk to you about the people that you need to have in your life. I think so many times um, we, when, when we talk about relationships and we talk about the people in your life, you hear messages about this. You hear about all the people that you need to get rid of, right? Anybody ever been in one of those messages? I've even preached that message. It's like, hey, the people that are toxic, the people that are, that are sort of no good for your life and sort of bring you down. Uh, t- today is not that message. Because today I don't want to talk about the people that you need to get rid of. I want to, pe- I want to talk to you about the people that you need to find. The people that you need to not, not get out of your life, the people you need to get into your life. You know, the Bible, it talks a lot about relationships. It talks the, about the relationship we should have with a spiritual father and a, and a spiritual mother. The relationship we, the, we should have with friends. The relationship we should have with our spouse. The relationship we, we should have with the lost, with the body of Christ. It goes on and on and on about relationships. But today, I, I want to simplify the Bible. I want to simplify Scripture. And I want to talk to you about two types of people that every single one of you need in your life. Those two types of people are this. Number one, people who are for you and people who are with you. People who are for you and people who are with you. If you have your Bible, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This will be a scripture that you're going to be like, how in the world does this have anything to do with relationship? I don't know. I'm just going to read it. I'm just kidding. I do know. We're going we're gonna to tie it all together at the end here. But 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it's the Apostle Paul. He's talking to the church in Corinth, and he's talking to them about spiritual gifts. Let's read this together. It says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages. Let me say it this way. That that also means tongues. Whoops tongues, we're talking about them, the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is giving the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Today I want to title the message, Finding People Who Are For You. Finding People Who Are For You. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for this moment that we get to share together around your word. We thank you that your word is alive, that your word is powerful, that it's sharper than any two-edged sword, that it speaks to us, that it's living and breathing. And I pray that as we read stories and as we read your scripture today, that it would literally give life to us, that it would give us wisdom, that it would give us understanding. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this room to not only uh, hear my voice, but that we hear your voice, that you lead us and that you guide us into all truth. God, we say without a shadow of a doubt, we came here for you today. We came here to meet with you. We came here to hear from you. And we ask you just to be a part of this next couple of minutes. In Jesus' name, if you agree, say amen. Amen, amen. 
I'm going to ask you a question this morning. Have you ever had that friend who uh, was down to do anything with you? You may have had that friend who was just down for whatever. How many of you know that's a really good thing, but that can also be a really bad thing? Most of the time, it's a really bad thing, right? We, we, we all have, we've all had those friends. Most of us in this room has had those friends where it's like they'll do whatever we want to do, whether it's good, whether it's bad. If it's good, it's, it's really good. If it's bad, they're like, we're going to do it with you anyways, and it, it just gets worse. But either way, you have that person who is with you. I've had people like that in my life. I've been one of those people. You know, I, I, uh, I don't know if any of you have taken the, uh, the uh, I think it's called Myers-Briggs, that, that uh, characteristic personality test, um, but they sort of grade you on who you are, and, and I'm an ENFJ, and I, don't, I still don't know what that means, but they, they gave me letters, and I feel cool about it, but I do know, I do remember the little phrase they, they, they call me, and, and I, I am known as a smooth-talking persuader. Yes. And this hadn't always helped me just in preaching. It helped me when I was growing up because I could convince my friends to do anything. Jump off this cliff into the water. I don't want to. Bro, jump off. Okay. Like it was literally that easy for me. It was like, I just like, dude, you know, it would be so fun. Come on. I, I got, I was always that person who was sort of with you and who was for you and could, could, could convince you to do anything. There's a story in the Bible um, that, is, that is so cool that and it's the story of these two friends who are, are for one another, who are with, they're, they're like those friends who will just, they'll do anything together. It's a story in 1 Samuel chapter 14. It's the story of Jonathan and his armor bearer. Many of you, you may know Jonathan. Jonathan was the, the son of King Saul, and, um, and, and he was one of the friends of David, King David. He was his best friend. So many of us know Jonathan because of David. I'm talking about David who killed Goliath, that kind of David. And so this is a story about Jonathan and his armor bearer. Let's pick up here in 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 6. Here the, the Israelites, they're, they're about to fight the Philistines, and they're, they're in their camps, and they're waiting for battle. And then Jonathan has this great idea. He says, let's go across to the outpost of those pagans, Jonathan said to his armor bearer. Perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether he has many warriors or only a few. Do what you think is best, the armor bearer replied. I'm with you completely, whatever you decide. All right then, Jonathan told him, we will cross over and let them see us. If they say to us, stay where you are or we'll kill you, then we will stop and not go up to them. But if they say, come on up and fight, then we will go up. That will be the Lord's sign that he will help us defeat them. Now, I, I want to stop right there this morning and, and, uh, and, and, and sort of just reveal to you what's happening right here. Here, Jonathan and his armor bearer, they're playing, they're playing a game that all of us have played growing up. All right, and it's, and, it's, and it's this game where, I don't know if you've ever done this before, but you get in the gym, and you're shooting baskets, and you're with your friend, and you sort of run out of, you know, things to do, and you're like, all right, you're like half-court shot. If I make this shot, I'm going to be a millionaire. Anybody ever played this game before? Or you're in class, and it's like you're shooting paper into the trash can. You're like, all right, if I make this, you got to talk to Cindy over there because you're too afraid, but if I make it, you got to ask her out on a date. Anybody done this before, right? All right, this is literally the game that Jonathan and his armor bearer are playing, except they're playing it to go fight people. As I, as I read this story, I'm like, Jonathan, Jonathan isn't even hearing from God. 
He literally, they're, they're, they're with the rest of the army. You can tell he's probably restless and he wants to get after it. And so he gets his armor bearer and he says this, um, perhaps the Lord will be with us. What? Like how confident can you be? It's like, hey, perhaps the Lord will be with us because I know God can defeat, can defeat many with just a few. Bro, you're just, that's not, even a, that's not even a word, right? That's like, everyone knows that. That's like saying God is good. It's like, yeah, cool. Great word from God. It's like, no. He's like, perhaps we can go fight. And, and, and here's the plan that he comes up with. He's like, we're going to go to the outpost. We're going to let the enemy see us. If they say stay there, then we're not going to fight them. But if they say come up there, if they say come get some, then we'll know. That's the Lord's side. This is not a good plan. I'm just saying right now, this is, this is not a very good plan. And for some reason, Jonathan's friend, the armor bearer, he's like, yeah, bro, let's do it. He's got problems. Moving on to verse 11. When the Philistines saw them coming, they shouted, look, the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes. Then the men from the outpost shouted to Jonathan, come on up here and we'll teach you a lesson. I feel like whoever wrote this left out some choice words right here. All right. There may have been some, some bombs in there, but we're not going to talk about that. Come on up here, and we'll teach you a lesson. Come on. Climb right behind me, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, for the Lord will help us defeat them. So they climbed up using both hands and feet, and the Philistines fell before Jonathan, and his armor bearer killed those who came behind him. Here they were in this battle. They had to climb a hill. In other words, they were out of position. There was nothing in their favor. Um, scripture says there was about 20 guys. There was only two of them. And that day, standing back to back, they were able to defeat. Two were able to defeat 20. See, I, I don't know if we realize as believers and as people who follow Jesus, how important it is to have people who are with us and who are for us. I don't think we realize how important it is to have people in our life that will stand back to back with us and fight the battles that we face. That will come up against the situations that we come up against. That will come alongside us and say, oh, you're going through that? Well, I'll go through that with you. I'll face that fight with you. Oh, that, that situation looks impossible? I'll come alongside you and make it possible because you're not supposed to fight alone. You're supposed to have people who are with you and people who are for you and people who will come along and say, hey, whatever Whatever's in your heart, whatever's in your mind, I'll be with you. I'll do whatever you say. Can I ask you today, what would your life look like if you had someone like that in your life? What do you think you could accomplish if you had someone who just said, I'm for you? If you had someone who just said, I'm with you? Not someone who just says, I'm for you, but someone who will actually follow through and walk with you, who will go to battle with you. I love what the armor bearer says to Jonathan. He says it in verse 7. He says, do what you think is best. I'm with you completely, whatever you decide. Do you know he said this before he ever heard the plan? And thank God, because it wasn't a good one. If he would have heard it first, he'd probably be like, bro, I'm out. The only word he got from his friend was, perhaps the Lord will be with us. And he said, I'm down. I'm with you. I'm for you. Whatever's in your mind, whatever's in your heart, 
I'll go after it with you. You know, all throughout the Bible, we see people. We see people that, that, that you respect. We read about people that, that have done amazing things. You, you can think of the top names in your, in your mind when it comes to people in the Bible. Every single one that was successful had someone who was for them and had somebody who was with them. Without a shadow of a doubt, you can go back and read. And every single person who did something amazing, they had someone who was for them and they had someone who was with them. They did not go at it alone. I want you to think about King David. Uh, Of all the people in Scripture, we respect him, don't we? We know him as a, a man after God's own heart. We know him as a man who, as a shepherd boy, he's out in the fields and he's defeating lions and bears. Oh my, what's that? What is that? Uh, lions and tigers and bears. Thank you. This is why we have youth in our service right now. That's, thank you. God bless you in your ministry. All right. Here he is. He's, he's fighting and defeating lions and bears. And then he goes and he defeats Goliath. And this is the King David, and he gets to the throne. He's, he's the lineage of Jesus himself. Do you know that King David would have never made it to the throne if it weren't for his friend named Jonathan? And don't you find it interesting that Jonathan had someone who was with him and who was for him, and he became someone who was with David and who was for David. In other words, he saw the the, the success and the blessing and the favor and the power that comes from having someone on his side, and he said, I'll be that for David. Did you know that Jonathan was the rightful heir to the throne? He was Saul's son. In other words, the whole kingdom was going to be his. And in Scripture it says that when he saw David and he knew that he defeated Goliath, Jonathan looked at him and and his soul was tied to David's. So much so that he laid his armor down and his sword down at David's feet to signify you're king and I'm with you wherever you go. Multiple times in Scripture you see Jonathan saved the life of David. If you remember, if you read through 1 Samuel, um, you know, King Saul, he, King Saul was, King Saul had problems, y'all. He had problems, right? He was a madman. He would be good one minute, bad the next. You remember he had David come and pray, uh, play the harp for him when he would go into these fits of rage. He threw spears at David. He chased David into a cave. He tried to kill David multiple times. And guess who saved David? Jonathan. Jonathan always went to David and said, hey, bro, my dad's messing up again. He's he's all crazy. Run. Leave. Oh, he invited you to dinner? He's inviting you to dinner because he's going to kill you. Don't come. David, I'm, I'm convinced David would have never made it if he didn't find someone who was with him and somebody who was for him. I believe that God sent David, Jonathan, so that he could literally get to the calling and the destiny on his life. Can I tell you this morning, you will never completely fulfill the destiny and calling on your life unless you have people who are with you and who are for you. You will not get there. This is the beauty of the gospel. This is what, this is what Jesus created. This is what God created. He created the body of Christ. He created us to function with one another. He created us. See, see isn't it interesting you don't have all the gifts? Isn't it interesting that I don't have all the gifts? Why, don't, why are we missing gifts so that we'll go find them in others? 
Why are we missing gifts? It's so that we'll actually connect to a gift in somebody else. This is why I, I wanted to read 1 Corinthians 12 and talk to you about spiritual gifts today. Here Paul, he's talking to the church. He's talking to a group of people, to community, to believers. And they're, and they're wondering about the Holy Spirit. They're wondering, like, hey, this Spirit, he's pretty awesome because he has these gifts. Paul, tell us about them. Paul is going to tell them about all these gifts, which, which, you know, when you start talking about, hey, what's my gift? I wonder what my gift is. Is it to prophesy? Is it faith? Is it healing or miracles? Is it tongues? What is it? You know, that, that can sometimes get pretty selfish, right? And not, not necessarily in a bad way. It's just discovering, hey, God, how did you create me? But before he ever gets to this message about gifts, notice how he starts off. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. In other words, here's the context of what I'm about to tell you, church. Here's the context about what I'm about to tell the people of God. A spiritual gift is given to you, not for you, but for others. A spiritual gift is given to you so that you can be for people and so that you can be with people. A spiritual gift is given to others so that they can come alongside you and be for you and be with you. Many of you may be wanting to know your spiritual gift. You may be seeking God. What's mine? Can I tell you when you have the right motivation and that motivation be, God, I want you to show me my gift for others. He'll reveal it to you. You want to know how you find and discover your spiritual gift is when you have a heart to say, God, whatever gift you show me, I'm going to use it to be with people and to be for people. We go back through these gifts today. I want you just to look at the the very nature of them. I've, I've underlined all the ones in there. Here we have, to one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. Um, A message of special knowledge, great faith, gift of healing. It goes on and on and on. Can I just say, if you have the ability to give wise advice, you're not supposed to be giving wise advice to the person in the mirror. Yeah, that came out way harder than I expected it to come out. Hello. It's like even, even even the nature of the gift it's to give wise advice that literally shows you that you're, that literally paints a picture of you sitting across the table from somebody. A gift of special knowledge. Uh, that one's for someone else too. A gift of great faith. I don't know if you've ever been in this place before, but you may have faced a situation or a circumstance, and if you were just really, really honest with yourself, you didn't have enough faith for the situation. Guess who comes alongside you? A believer who has the gift of great faith. Do you understand today that we actually need these gifts working in our life? In order to live a successful life, in order to live a life where it's an abundant life, we need these gifts. And the only way you get the gift is to get the person. We need to find people who are with us. We need to find people who are for us. You know, I was, as I was studying for this, this message, um, it was Friday, I think it was Friday afternoon, and 
um, I'm, I'm sitting down preparing, and I'm like, all right, you know, God, I need, I need, you know, give me a story. What's a story of somebody who was with me and, and somebody who was for me? Like, uh, you know, give me, give me a, a funny story. Give me something cool, you know, like that's what I, you always go to the Lord for something funny when you're about to speak. You know what I'm saying? No, you don't. Okay, okay, anyway, you do. And um, as, I'm, as I'm sitting there just spending time with the Lord, uh, I, get a, I get a text message from my sister and um, you might be thinking, well, why, are you, why do you have your cell phone in there with the Lord? It's like, because I have problems and I'm getting over it, okay? But I had my cell phone in there. And I've recently gotten rid of Facebook. And so she sends me this little write-up of, of uh, What man? What happened ten years ago? And uh, you know, it's the NFL draft, and it was ten years ago that I got drafted. And she reminded me of the story, and they were all at the house, and you know, we went crazy, and um, it was amazing. She was there as my younger sister, but in that little write-up, she she reminded me of while I was in college, um, and she was in college, she would. <laughs> She's going to kill me for saying this. All right. Hopefully she didn't listen to this message on the podcast. All right. But she would, I would get like at least six calls a year where she would randomly call me at like 1130 at night. She may have been doing something she wasn't supposed to do. All right. There may have been a few drinks involved, but she would call and she'd be like, she would be at this party with people. She'd be like, hey, my brother's going to make it in the NFL one day. He's going to be drafted one day. And she would literally just hand the phone to a guy and be like, here, talk to him. And I'm literally on the phone. I'm like, hey, bro, this happens all the time, man. You're not, you're not the first one. You're not the first one. So how you doing, man? Good. What's your name? Yeah, nice to meet you too. This is weird. Yeah, it is weird. And she would always, she'd always tell me, like, you're going to make it. You're gonna make it. Like, nah, I'm at a Division II school. Like, I mean, thank, you're my sister. Thank you. <laughs> you know, like, of course you think I'm gonna make it. She was there on the day that it happened. And I had a lot of friends and a lot of family in the room, and they were all believing, but there was somebody, there was somebody like her who, there was just a, there was just an extra level of faith. There was just an extra level of belief. And you want to talk about having somebody who was with me and who was for me, it was her. You see, sometimes we need somebody to believe in our dream more than we do. Sometimes we need somebody that will come alongside us and be with us and be for us and see the gold in us when we can't see it in ourselves and say, I'm with you, I'm for you, I'll walk this thing out with you. You are going to do great things. God does have a plan for you to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And it's not a bad future, it's a good future. If I were to look at your life and I were to see the people that surround you and the people that are with you and the people that are for you, I can pretty much tell you exactly where you're going to end up. That's the value. That's the power. And having people who are with you and who are for you. Before I, I stop today, I, you might be out there and you're, you're asking the question, well, that's great. 
I need someone who's with me and I need someone who's for me. But how do I find this person? Because how many of you know it would be weird to go up to somebody like, hey, the pastor at that church down there, he said I needed someone who was for me, so I just wondered if you'd be for me. Anybody, any takers? Just walk into a coffee shop. I need people who are with me. Anybody? Anybody? Please don't do that unless the Holy Spirit tells you to. It's like, well, how do we actually do this? How do we find these people? I'm going to give you five ways real quick. Number one, it starts right here. Believe God. I said believe God. Believe God for them. Ask him. Ask him to send people into your life who are with you and who can be for you. Ask him. Number two, get involved in community. Get involved in a home group. Be at church. Go where people are. Like, yeah, I just don't have any friends. Well, what do you do? Well, I go to work and then I go home and watch Netflix. Okay, well, there's a reason that you don't have any friends. Let me talk to you for just a second. And some of us just get in routine and life gets busy. I don't mean that to be mean. But you have to get yourself in the community, get yourself around the body, get yourself around the gifts. Connect to people. Number three, value relationship. Truly value relationship. You need to know this, whatever you value, God will honor. Whatever you truly value, God will honor. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. He says, value the kingdom, and I'll take care of you. Value the kingdom, and I'll honor. Value the things that he values, and he will literally honor that. When you put a priority and a value and an importance on relationship, he will bring you relationship. Number four, start with who you have. Some of you are like, you don't know who I have. (laughs) Start with who you have. And maybe more importantly, start with who you are. In other words, sow it. If you sow it, you will reap it. You can sow money and reap money. You can sow relationship and reap relationship. You can sow being for someone and being with someone and God will bring you a Jonathan. God will bring you someone who no matter how bad your plan is will stand next to you. And can I just tell you married couples today, I'm not just talking about your spouse. They're your main one. They're your main person. They're your, they're your, they're your person. And they should be. But there's others out there. Cody Sykes, he's with me and he's for me. Has he ever told me? No. Have I ever asked him? No. I just know it. I just know it. And I can tell you, ma'am, when you have people who are with you and who are for you, I wouldn't be able to be where I'm at today. I wouldn't be able to stand up here in this sticky stage. I don't know if y'all can hear this all morning. I'm going to take off my shoe. Oh, those are, wow. That's what y'all are laughing at. 
we need to pray, don't we? <laughs> See, when you have people who are with you and who are for you, they don't even care what kind of socks you're wearing. Hey, if you have a church body who's with you and for you, they'll let you preach in your socks. Come on, somebody. All right, let's pray. Bow your head and close your eyes. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you